a good coach will take the time out and actually discuss like where you're at physically, mentally, everything before you're actually taken on as a client. Hey guys, welcome to episode 17. We have something special. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Nutrition Apple Cider Vinegar Gummies. They are bomb if you do not like apple cider vinegar like myself. I hate drinking it. So they're actually like little gummies and they taste actually really good. This will help if you don't like to take it in a shot or you don't like to drink it. I just find it's like too much for me. But if you go to their website, www.goalie.com, G-O-L-I.com, you can use their discount code, which is Blondes to get a discount for every time you use it. And the best part is both two gummies is equivalent to one shot. So you get to taste the gummies twice. They're also gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and unfiltered. So this episode, we wanted to dive into a little bit of our competition prep experience. I think it was just more we've gotten a lot of requests to do this episode a few times. So we're mostly going to talk about, I guess, how we got, not really how we got into competing, but like if someone's first competition prep, what to kind of expect from that. Mm -hmm. Coming from one, both an athlete and a, a coach perspective. A lot of athletes, especially, we're going to, I guess we're going to mostly talk about women. Like, I don't, like, it's kind of a little bit yeah. difficult. We're not men, so, like, we to, to talk <laughs> so we're not really going to talk about, like, there's different things that go into competing for men than there are for women. I mean, to a lesser, know, so lesser extent, the steroids. <laughs> um, but I think a big mistake, a lot of people go into competing with the idea that they're just like, if you're a first time competitor and you've never competed before, they're like, Oh, a 12 week cut. I feel like that's the most like common thing is like, people are like, Oh, I'm just going to do like jump into it and do a 12 week cut. And then I'm just going to step on stage and I'm going to look like a pro. And unless you've built like a really good foundation and you've trained for quite a number of years, the likelihood that you're going to go on stage looking like a pro from a 12 week cut is pretty much slim to none. Unless you have insane genetics. Yeah, so that that's like obviously the outliers or the ones yeah. with like the insane genetics or or if you've been building that foundation for like say you've been training for six, seven years before deciding to compete, like there is a possibility that you've built enough like foundation muscle wise in order to go on stage like looking phenomenal. But a lot of the times people I found with a lot of the bikini competitors, it's like they've been training for under a year and then now they've decided they want to compete. And one of the biggest things that I usually ask um, anyone that's coming to me for coaching is how is your relationship with food? So a lot of girls come to me with the idea that they've already been dieting for so long, so they might as well continue to diet for a show, which is probably the worst position you can put yourself in because you're eating like 1200 calories, you're doing 45 minutes of cardio already, and you've lost 30 pounds, which is great. But to go on stage now, you're going to have to like grind even harder to mm -hmm. get to that level of leanness. So yeah, so the first few things is like, how long have you been training? Like, do you have a good foundation of muscle that when you lean down, you're not going to look like pretty much skinny fat on stage? Um, second is like your relationship with food. So how is your relationship with food? Do you find that you have triggers with good and bad foods? Have you had any um, disordered eating tendencies? And then I think one of the other biggest ones is finding a coach that like works for you because there's 
a whole bunch of different methods. There's a whole bunch of different methods from a whole bunch of different coaches. And a good coach will take the time out and actually discuss like where you're at physically, mentally, everything before you're actually taken on as a client. Um, I think it's also important to find a coach that knows your why and if it's something that's more transformative for you that they're not pushing any type of steroids or anything on you um because i know a lot of girls who just wanted to do a show just to like prove to themselves that they could do a show and then they have a coach who's like thinks that they want to be a pro and are pushing all these things because they have a different goal in mind for their athlete than the athlete has for themselves yeah so that's the big one as well it's like your why like why are you competing because a lot of girls Nowadays, like, kind of just competing to just compete. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more grit and perseverance that comes into play when you're competing versus just dieting down for, like, a photo shoot or something yeah, like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, draining. And as a female, you do have to get down to a fairly low body percentage that... does not feel the best. It doesn't feel good. Your hormones are probably... Work. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so like it does take a lot more for a female to get to that level of lean. It's a lot more cardio, a lot less food than their male counterparts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just an overgeneralization, but just speaking from experience with other or with my clients per se, like, yes, I am one of those people that I have to eat like 30 grams of carbs for three weeks and do two hours of cardio in order to get on stage. And if you're not willing to do that, you have to ask yourself why you're competing. And if you're, if your idea of competing is just to step on stage, like that's great. Go ahead and do that. But you also have to relay that with your coach because sometimes like, like she said, like coaches will, I don't know why I pointed to you as if we're like (laughs) on video. Um, like Tiffany said, like a lot of coaches, their idea is to to give you a pro level physique. Mm -hmm. So you have to, and you have to relay your boundaries with the coaches as well. Like it has to be, this is not like, I'm not willing to put steroids into my body per se. So and making that clear at the beginning. If that's something you morally do not want to do, you have to relay that with your coach and tell them like, this is not something that I'm going to budge on. This is something that like, I don't want to put my body through. I want to step on stage for, for X, X, X reason. And my goal is to never like, go on stage and be a pro. You know what I mean? I don't think you should, your very first show, not really knowing kind of the industry, just be like, I want to be a pro. Yeah, no, you never know. You might go on stage, you might absolutely fucking hate it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, and then you did all that to your body just to be like, okay, I'm doing this one show and then I'm out of of it. Mm -hmm. So stuff hasn't steroids. (laughs) Stuff hasn't steroids. The other stuff is necessary. So (laughs) yeah. So Relating to your, like, yeah, you have to be really open and honest with your coach. Majority of the time, like, if you find a good coach, you're going to find someone who's not going to, like, scold you for fucking up a little bit. We're all human. You're, you went two grams over your carbs or whatever. Your coach shouldn't tell you, like, you're a fucking loser. Or actually get very upset with you because as a coach, you should also understand the amount of stress that there is surrounding a prep in general and how stress affects the body. So if you're, like, scolding and, like, being... I guess, in in a sense, a bit abusive towards the fact that they've made the smallest mistake, then you're like causing so much stress. And then that, how is that going to help the athlete at all? That mm-hmm. should be like a red flag. If this, if this coach is actually just like getting very angry with you mm-hmm. and like making you feel like shit when you probably already feel like shit from the prep, <laughs> like 
that should be like a red flag and be like okay maybe it's not about me yeah, yeah. this is about like he wants somebody under him that's like gonna win a show yeah or them sorry did not mean to use a pronoun there I always have sat down with all of my coaches or like gone on the phone with all of my coaches and talked to them and be like, this is like what I want out of this prep. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm someone who I don't need my help, like handheld during prep. Like you tell me what to do. I go and do it. But I'm someone who I'm more likely to push myself harder than I am to ease up on the break. So when people give me like refeed meals or rest days, I'm like, do I need, do I actually need to do that? Like kind of thing. Um, so that's more why that I need a coach myself because I would probably just run my fucking head into the ground with like cardio and dieting and whatever, because like, I just know myself and I know how hard I am on myself that I would just like, I wouldn't ease up on the break at all. And that's more why like, I need a second set of eyes is for someone to be like, no, go ahead and have like that burger or go ahead and do this, have a rest day. Um, but that's what you pay a coach for. Like you pay a coach to, to give you that insight. So be really, really selective when you are finding coaches. Um, if you do need recommendations for coaches and stuff like that, you can always message me on Instagram as well. Um, if you're like looking for a certain coach in a certain area or whatever, like you want a local coach, most of the coaches honestly are all online. I think like not only kind of with food or the plan that they have at hand, but if they're not willing to like explain the certain types of supplements or anything also, that's mm-hmm. like a huge one. Um, I think that there's also a way to ask your coaches and the worst way that you could ever ask a coach about something would be, okay, well, I read this on a forum. Yeah. <laughs> the absolute worst way because that coach at that point just, it's like, it's a bit disrespectful mm-hmm. because you, you want to trust the process. You want to trust the coach, but you also want to have that explanation and you want to do it in a way that's not like, okay, well, I read that what you're trying to do is like wrong or I've read differently. Instead, just like get them to explain their way and like understand their process versus bringing somebody else's process or like a, a competitor that competitor that you know. And if you know, like how many calories they're eating, like that type of stuff isn't relevant to you. Yeah. And it's good to like kind of keep that in mind because there are different genetics. Like I know that a lot of people would be like, okay, well you're eating like, for example, like when I'm in prep, I'm usually eating quite a bit more until the very end. And then a lot of my co-athletes are just eating a lot less. Right. So then when they hear, they kind of get all, you know, you're kind of comparing it and you you can't do that as an athlete, especially as a new athlete, when you don't know anything, it's kind of really easy to be like, okay, well, what are you eating? Like, what are you eating? Trying to see other people and what they're doing. Yeah. I think it's like, like, if you want to trust your coach, like you hire your coach for a reason. So like you should trust them. Um, if there's obviously something that you like want to question, like go ahead and question that. But at the same time, they know your, they should at some point know your body better than almost, you know, your body. And hearing others' opinions, like a lot of people will have opinions on what you're doing. But they don't know your body. But they they haven't been working with you for X amount of months. They don't know the ups and downs of your sleep schedule, of your stress cycle. Like, you know what I mean? They don't know these things and you should be relaying that information to your coach. So a lot of other coaches try to like coach clients by like being like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that or you should be doing this. Why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. You yeah, should be doing this and, instead. And in all their different opinions. And then you go to them and then you also like, you know, you're still not getting the, the results or you're getting worse results because they're just at that point doing you cookie cutter things that every, they're thinking every athlete should be doing. Yeah. So literally just follow like 
what your coach is doing. If you have questions, bring up the questions and, and just be like, you shouldn't be afraid of your coach. You shouldn't be afraid to ask questions to your coach at all. If you are, then you should probably switch coaches. I feel like some coaches actually give you that tough love type of um, relationship or you're like not pushing hard enough or like you seem like you're not reaching the, the certain type of potential that they're expecting out of you. I feel like there's a difference between like tough love and like asshole. Oh yeah. Like, no, you, can, sure. you can have like tough love and be like, Hey, like I get it. You're tired. Like let's keep it going. We've got six weeks. Like let's fucking grind it out. And then there's like, you're, then there's like a coach that's like, you're too weak for this. Like you should, you know what I mean? Like, is and I've heard that how you felt, felt like, or are you just like, is that all in your head? And yeah. Like, kind of making you feel like, okay, actually maybe like, uh, this isn't serious. <laughs> so one of the questions we got asked was how do genetics play a role in bodybuilding? And unfortunately genetics, genetics play a huge role, a very big role in bodybuilding. I mean, I can probably speak on that for like five seconds. I genuinely, I would say, had kind of really good genetics when it came to bodybuilding. And I'd say that I, I knew about it too. So I feel like I, not saying that I didn't have to push myself as hard, mm-hmm. but in some ways, like if I knew that if I kind of let, laid back a little bit on certain things, like every here and there, like I'd be fine in the end. And that sounds so bad. That actually sounds very bad, but that's just like, sometimes with certain people for example I had to do like I only had to do a six-week prep yeah and I look very well and I hate like saying that stuff because it's just like it gives such a poor perception but that's how we differ like we have completely different yeah like preps like I did a 27-week prep and you did a six-week prep and like Tiffany naturally has can naturally build muscle very quickly and naturally like when you look at your Van City show, like you were hundred percent natural. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have the potential like to grow muscle very fast and like she's just got a fast metabolism, so she can eat a lot of food. She doesn't have to do a lot of cardio. I'm eating four thousand calories a day right now, just to put that in perspective. Yeah. And that's like she's like quite lean. Like that's like triple. <laughs> um, whereas like for my bikini prep for my Lee Brandt prep, like I did, yes, I guess it was 27 weeks in total. Um, obviously I went with an original coach. I dropped him at 24, 23 weeks out and then switched to another coach at like maybe like 20 weeks out. So I kind of like did my own thing for a few weeks and I'm someone who tracks my food, even in my off season. Um, I've kind of like tried to shut shy away from like doing that now because I'm just not competing anymore. So it's not relevant to my life, but I'm someone who again, tracks literally everything down to the gram. Like I never cheated on my diet at all in 27 weeks. Um, I did all my cardio sessions. Like I did two hours of cardio for the last, like, I think it was like four to five weeks. I'm pretty sure. And then another thing to add in, like I was, I think the maximum cardio that I was doing was like 40 minutes. Yeah. And that's just body types and genetics again. Yeah. So like genetics play a huge role. And like my, like my genetics for bikini, like bikini is one from the back and my glutes are just naturally like the tie-ins are higher. So I just naturally have like high glutes, which is usually what I get 
points on for being in bikini. I'm quite small, like muscle wise. So I'd have to put on like a shit ton of muscle in order to like do anything on a national stage. But it does play a huge role. Like your muscle insertions do play a huge role on like what category you would fit into your like muscle density is going to be like come into play again how many years you've been training yeah you have like genetically like big muscular thighs then bikini's probably not going to be yeah you would have to literally do double the amount of cardio to try to burn out the muscle on your legs yeah i was i had a girl that um this was before the wellness category came into play i had a girl who she does have she's got great quads she's got great quads but we had to she wasn't even training by the end of her nationals prep she was doing like light shoulders because her unfortunately her upper body gets super fucking lean like right away and then we literally had to just run off her legs as much as possible and like she was just doing like Cardio. cardio pretty much and like a light pump to like just keep things full she was i think she was training three days a week yeah. Because she was just so, she had just so much muscle on her. So we had to like run her down for bikini. So now that she's got, now that they have the wellness category, we've obviously switched her into the wellness category. But, um, and, and there's obviously ways you can pose to make things like look the way that they should kind of on stage. And, and the end all be all, yes, they play a huge role in bodybuilding. Yeah. And as I think, as a female, it is a bit hard to work against your gen- genetics versus as a guy, you can find a category and take things to grow certain parts. Yeah, which sense. you can totally do as a female as well. You can take added yeah. or steroids or performance enhancing drugs <laughs> to help combat yeah. the genetics. But that's just got to be up to your own own decision if you want to take them or if you don't want to take them. That's completely up to you as an athlete if you... But as a first-time competitor, I don't recommend it to anyone as a first-time competitor because you don't know what your future is in the sport. Yes, and you don't even know if you like competing yet. So, like, do your first show naturally if you actually enjoy the entire process and not just getting on stage. I think that's the biggest thing is you need to enjoy the entire process of getting there in order to really go far in this sport. Yeah, you will have your lows. Like there will be oh, yeah. where you're just like, holy shit, I don't know if I can do this. But if every single day is like that, then you need to kind of question and be like, okay, well, is this because your mental state actually plays a huge role in how you show up physically. Yeah. And if you're dreading every single day or stressed out every single day of the prep, then why are you competing? Why are you competing? Because you're actually not bringing the best physique that you could bring to stage. Yeah. 100% I totally agree with that because yeah if you're if you don't like the process and you're like oh I just want to like look good on stage you're gonna fucking hate your life for like yeah four five six months however long you decide to do a prep like you're gonna not enjoy your life and it's just gonna be more of a hassle and then you're gonna you're gonna end up hating the sport afterwards and blaming a lot of things on competing when really it was like you decided to compete yeah so really you have to take the onus on yourself. If you're going to compete, like you decided to do this, stop complaining and like get it done or just don't compete. Like you don't have to compete. No one's told you you have to compete. So the, the kind of the last question, if you're deciding to compete, like unfortunately it does consume a lot of your time. It's a life. You have to consider it as a lifestyle at that point for that three months like this is your lifestyle like mm-hmm. going to the gym dieting food prepping going to the gym cardio dieting food prepping 
literally just a constant cycle putting off days and nights out and stuff like that yeah you have to like realize like it is a short-term thing like it's not going to be the rest of your life if you are going to decide to compete like you do have to make it a priority and there's going to be times where you're not going to make it out to family events or friends events or whatever because you have to like go to the gym and do cardio and you have to meal prep that night and it does consume a lot of your time you just have to prioritize your time well really and as long as you're not like putting yourself in situations where you're like okay well if I go here there's gonna be cake and I'm not gonna be able to resist it like that's probably not a healthy relationship with food to begin with (laughs) um but you need to yeah you just need to prioritize your your life correctly in order to still enjoy time out with your family and friends which you can totally do in prep and i suggest that you do that um and i guess when she was asking about commitment like yeah like again you have to be 100 percent committed to it you almost have to you can't have the mindset that you're almost like half in half out for a prep like if, if you're going to do it, like you got to go in like hundred percent or otherwise it's just not going to end up mm-hmm. how you want it to end up. And then you're going to be upset that you didn't look the way you wanted to look on stage, but you're, you were half in half out the entire time. Like it's really the onus is on you. Like as a coach, we give you the tools in order to be successful. But if you're not doing the work, it's going to show. Yeah, no, for sure. And then at the end of the day, when you're not putting 100% in a track, you're just going to kick yourself in the ass at the end because even if you're only half committing, it's still hard and it's still a struggle. And then just to end up at the end of three months and be like, I could have done more. That's mm-hmm. the biggest kick in the face that you could ever do to yourself because you're like, I literally just suffered through three months. Even if it wasn't as much suffering as like it would have if you were fully committed, it's still going to really affect you when you're like, wow, I just like, when you know that you had the potential of doing better and you know where you slacked, it really, it it really does affect you in the end. Cause you're like, wow, like, what did I do this for? And competing is not something that's, I would say is the most like financially friendly either, yeah. which is another big thing as a first time competitor to kind of notice when, especially more, like I would say more so for a female and like keeping out the peds, it is a bit more expensive because we have our suits that are like pretty expensive if you're buying versus renting. And if you are a first time competitor and don't know if you're going to continue, I would recommend renting. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you have like your spray tan and everything else. And in the end, you're at least dropping like a thousand dollars. That's not even your coaching, your food, like your gym memberships. Like that's not, yeah. You're spending quite a bit of money. Yeah. So to be like, wow, I that's I could have bought a new car. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that these are like big things to take into consideration before you start and be like, okay, am I at the point in my life where I can commit? Um, commit to this financially, mentally, physically, like, and that's another thing, like being physically ready. Like, if you have nagging injuries you've previously had, going into a prep. Like, it's not going to get better at all. It's probably going to make those injuries worse. Yeah, anything previously that you have that's, like, pulling you away from just your regular workouts. Yeah. Like, for example, you don't have the, you're not, like, motivated to go to the gym three times a week, and you think that, like, a prep's, like, something that you should go into doing. You're not, like, staying consistent with the gym because you're not motivated to go consistently. Well... A prep's not going to help that. A prep's not going to help that. (laughs) You should be expecting to be in the gym for, like, six days a week, I would say, like... I'd say five. Or five. five. Five's a good, like, a good number. 
I think uh, there's a lot to consider. And the biggest message out of, I would say, all of this is just that competing is a lot. It's not just something that you wake up one day and you're like, I want to compete. Or you see people who have like really fit bodies. And if you're in a relationship, oh, Jesus, that (laughs) is something to really, I don't even know how to like address that one. Like, think about? Well, I mean, honestly, your partner should um, respect anything and support anything that you do. And if it's something that you really want to do, you sit down and have that conversation. Hey, I really want to compete. Like, I might not be in the best mood when I'm two weeks out. Like, it's really good to warn them. Yeah. And also, and also, like, being like, hey, like, do you mind not ordering pizza around me? Or, -hmm. like, do you mind not eating, like, shit around me 24-7? Like, whatever you need. Like, once in a while, like, obviously, like, you can't control everything that they're going to do in their lives. And, like, you should be mentally strong enough to, like, look at a pizza and be like, my goals are bigger than this slice of pizza. But if it's happening 24-7 – Coming from someone who was, like, trying to reverse diet and had someone in the house that was, like, literally ordering pizza, I think, every night. Or every second night. And then on top of that was, like, oh, you can have this. Like, you're you're done your show. Like, you can, and it's, like, no, I'm trying to, like, reverse diet. Like, can you please respect that I'm trying to do this? Yeah. And, like, if they're pushing things in your face, then obviously, like. They're not respecting you. Yeah. yeah. But as a competitor, you can't get mad at your significant other if they go out and eat without you or you're like, no no of course not if they're like you can't control what they're eating outside of the house either inside the house like if that's not their eating habits that's not their eating habits and like you went into a prep knowing that you were going into a prep but like it's just more like a courtesy yeah it's kind of courtesy the one thing that i will say and something to look forward to is you have a complete different understanding for your body you literally have to understand your emotions and your feelings and what affects you and everything like that. So I guess I such a huge understanding is like what I could do as a person and like my perseverance mm-hmm. and my determination and like what I could do in my life if I put my head towards it. And that is something that's like, it opens up a lot of new doors for you because you're like, wow, like if I actually, you know, like put myself into something like I could do it. And a yeah. prep is something that really does show you because it is so hard. It's not just a walking apart. Yeah. It is something that when you go into it and you complete it, you're like, I can do not, I can do anything, but like, I can do anything. I think, I think when you push your body and your mind to the to absolute limit and a lot of people won't realize this because they haven't gotten to like this, maybe this level of leanness or whatever. But when you put a hundred percent into a prep, Everything else in your life just becomes so much easier. You learn how to like organize and time manage like mm-hmm. so much better because you're like, I only have this amount of time to get my workout done, my cardio done. I have to do posing. I have to stretch. I have to go and meal prep when I get home. That once you're out of that and once you're maybe done with that phase you of your life, time. yeah, it, you almost have, you're like, wow, I can put so much more effort into other aspects of my life. And this is how I'm going to do it because I've already been through a prep and I already understand that I can do it. And that I do really have the time. I'm just not prioritizing it. Or, like, I'm maybe th- th- this thing that I feel like I can do, maybe that's just not my thing. Yeah. And understanding that, too, because you can't just be like, oh, you can't really make excuses for yourself after a, a no. practice. You're like, I look what I just put myself through. Now I'm just like, oh, like, I don't have the time for this. Even though, like, no, you're what like, are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're almost like a can't give yourself, like, 
Well, I mean, yeah, fucking give yourself a break. Like, but it's almost like an excuse for why you can't achieve the things you want to achieve in life. And you can, yeah, you can totally achieve like the things that you want in life. You just got to fucking put your head to it and grind it out. But that's what a lot of people will learn in a contest prep is like, you can achieve these things. You can achieve your goals. You just have to fucking work for it. Yeah. But I guess for post-show, my biggest thing post-show is your reverse diet is so much fucking harder than the prep. Because you no longer have that goal in mind that you have to step on stage. Um, just be careful with your reverse diet. Get a coach that's educated and knows how to do a reverse diet properly. Have a coach that you can talk to openly about your reverse diet. And, hey, this is not working for me. Like, we need to figure out a different plan. Like, I can't stop eating or I can't stop doing this. If they're like, okay, well, like, restrict harder. They're obviously not educated. Um, or do more cardio. Like, that's not going to help you. It's really not. And so you need to have a coach that you can be open with and talk about these things with, because if you don't, it's going to end up just not great. Yeah. So I hope we answered all of your guys' questions and that you have a better idea on, you know, how to prepare for a show and what to expect out of a coach and what to look for and a little bit of what to expect out of a prep. Um, you can find us on Instagram at blunt.blondes and my personal Nicole with two E's, Deanna. My personal Instagram is tiffs underscore tiffs got biceps. I fuck that up every time. Um, and our business email is podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up with some more sponsors if you'd like. <laughs> and don't forget, be a nice fucking human. Peace.